We have talked plenty about Oregon football recruiting on this show, and we will continue to do that because it is important. Some context with regards to all of this talk about recruiting and what it means for the football program. Plus, there are some similarities between Dan Lanning and Dana Altman. It's good news for Duck fans. I will explain what I mean. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you for making this your first listen every day. Day. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every day. Remember to like and subscribe if you have not already, so you can listen to each and every show. Stay up to date with all things Oregon Athletics. Leave a five-star review as well, maybe even a nice comment. Always appreciate seeing those. And if you want to get a question answered here on the show by yours truly, tweet with the hashtag AskLODPod or slide it right up into my direct messages at Smalls underscore 55, or at Locked on Ducks on Twitter. DMs wide open, questions always welcome, fan engagement always a positive here on the show. This is the people show, as I always say. It is for you, the fan of the University of Oregon, and I greatly appreciate it. I really do love doing the show. I appreciate all of you. I can't do the show without you, of course, and so every now and then you'll hear me appreciate you for continuing to patronize the show and keep our our sponsor revenue coming in, all that sort of stuff. It all makes a difference. I love doing it. I'm glad that some of you have reached out and said that you like the show because I I truly, truly love doing this. So Oregon football recruiting is often a topic of conversation on here, right? You know, are we going to get this recruit? I was talking about Jaleel Florence on yesterday's pod, and there have been a number of other guys who who we've been looking at, and this guy's dropped out, and this guy's going elsewhere, and where is he going to go? And National Signing Day is coming up, and I can't wait for that. And I'll have all the breakdowns for the players, and you know what they mean, and all. And we'll have guests come on and talk about all that sort of stuff because recruiting, at the end of the day, does matter. And I was thinking about this when I was watching the NFL playoffs over the weekend in what was probably the greatest singular weekend of football as an objective fan of the sport I've ever seen in my life. I mean, those are the greatest games since the Aaron Rodgers double Hail Mary against the Cardinals in the divisional round, and then Larry Fitzgerald going down the field, almost scoring, and then he catches the shovel pass. Best games I've seen since that. That Mahomes-Allen game in Arrowhead, absolutely bonkers. But I was watching and thinking about all of that because in the 49ers game, Eric Armstead dominated. I mean, the dude was a beast. He has turned into a really good player, and his former Oregon Duck counterpart, DeForest Buckner, who used to be his teammate, the 49ers, decided to move on. It was actually the right move for the 49ers. I won't break all of that down, but it made a lot of sense, and it's worked out for him. And the Colts gave DeForest Buckner the bag, and he is a Pro Bowl caliber player. And it just got me thinking, man, those two guys were on the same team. They were on the same college football team. And it's easier to think about this stuff, I think, when you look back at basketball teams, right? Like Oregon's Final Four team. In retrospect, and who knows what they could have done had Chris Boucher been there because he has turned out to be a good NBA player. 
They had Dylan Brooks on that team. Peyton Pritchard was a freshman. Tyler Dorsey has shown an ability to at least, you know, get to the league. He hasn't thrived the way many thought he might. Jordan Bell won a championship with the Warriors. He's bounced around a little bit. But when you have that much talent that's a that's capable of playing at the next level on a college team, in retrospect, you look back and go, oh yeah, that's why this team was really good. And in football, this is why we pay attention to recruiting. Because think about the last team Oregon sent to the national championship game. It was loaded. And that's why recruiting does matter. You know, this year's class for Oregon is not going to be their best in the last few years. It will probably and hopefully be the worst one that Dan Lanning ever brings in because it's not really his class. He's doing the best he can. I think he's doing a pretty good job with it so far. We'll see what happens come signing day. But, you know, it's great as a college football program to get the three-star guys who become really good players, right? Travis Dye was a three-star. Mariota, Herbert were three-star guys. But getting the big-time recruits does matter because oftentimes they're the ones who become high-impact players and you know future pros who you look back and say, wow, we really had those guys on that team. Like I was saying with DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead. Those are two high-level defensive linemen in the NFL. Those are game wreckers on Sundays, and we had them on the same team on Saturdays. That sort of stuff matters, right? It certainly helped to have the best player in Oregon football history playing quarterback. That didn't hurt. But Buckner was a solidly rated, not super high, but he was a solidly rated four-star. Armstead was a highly coveted five-star recruit on the defensive line. He was sort of the first big-time defensive prospect that I can really remember Oregon getting from a recruiting perspective. You know, Deion Jordan was, I think, pretty highly rated, but he had, you know, more hype coming out of college than he did coming into college, and he certainly had the physical traits, just never worked out for him in the NFL, unfortunately, though he he went to the Dolphins before they had Brian Flores, and, you know, Javon Holland, thankfully, is having a lot of success there, but the Dolphins, as an organization, they're such a mess. I mean, my goodness, they are bad. More on recruiting, but first, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com locked. Head to netsuite.com locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash locked. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, so seeing those guys 
do so well in the NFL and a bunch of other products, which is just such a fun thing, isn't it? You know, whenever I see Mosley tweet out hashtag products and, you know, it's Thomas Graham making plays for the Bears or Holland tearing it up for the Miami Dolphins, Herbert doing Justin Herbert things on a weekly basis. It's just fun. And there's really nothing like that in sports when you, you know, root for a guy in college and then you want to see him thrive at the next level. But players like that who were so integral to Oregon getting to a national championship game, that's why we pay attention to recruiting. Because more often than not, as I mentioned earlier, the guys who are going to be the high-impact players and are going to carry you to that level were big-time recruits. They're not big-time recruits, generally speaking, by accident. Now, you can have a four- or a five-star who ends up not working out, right? Jason Jones, the defensive tackle who transferred to Auburn and part of our mass exodus from uh, Eugene down to Auburn this year. And then, of course, we got Bo Nix in return. Really weird, weird synergy between those two schools this offseason. But that's just the way it goes sometimes, I guess. But anyway, that was a guy in Jason Jones who, you know, had a good amount of hype and he just never clicked. It doesn't mean he doesn't still have the physical traits that he can't still be a good player. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. But you need to be able to to hit with those sorts of guys as often as you can, because let's go to that 20, uh, 2014-15 season, you know, 14-2 and two overall, I think the final record, and winning the Rose Bowl against Florida State, getting to the national championship game, losing to Ohio State, even with the best quarterback in school history, the best one, the best player, there still had to be good guys around him. I mean, Herbert, part of the reason he didn't put up the numbers he could have is because Johnny Johnson III and Jalen Red were underdeveloped as wide receivers, and they had the drops in their careers early at Oregon. They got them corrected by the end, and they were really good guys, who I'm sad to see go from our wide receiver room, but that was part of the problem, and Herbert couldn't you know, carry Oregon to a high level of success because the roster wasn't ready. I mean, that national championship team, that offensive line was really good. You had Hronis Grasu, who was a three-star recruit. Tyler Johnstone, he was a four-star. Tyrell Crosby, who's now an NFL player, he was a three-star. Jake Fisher was a three-star. Cameron Hunt was a four-star. Andre Yoretta Goyena, he was a highly rated four-star. Those offensive linemen did a lot of really good things in the running game. For Royce Freeman as the running back, and Thomas Tyner as well, and of course Mariota to throw and run the football, right? And Charles Nelson on the occasional fly sweep. But look at who else ended up being on the roster, right? That was just the offensive line. And those are all, you know, borderline or NFL caliber guys who are either on rosters or at least got looks in the league. And that's significant. Not everyone gets a real look or makes a practice squad in the NFL. That's a testament to being, at the very least, a high-level college football player. Troy Hill was on that team. NFL caliber defensive back. Ifo Ekpreolamu, sadly got an injury. He was an All-American corner. Royce Freeman, NFL running back. Joe Walker at linebacker, made the NFL. You had DeForest Buckner, and you had Eric Armstead on the defensive line. Game wreckers. Pharaoh Brown was the tight end, who unfortunately got injured and wasn't able to play as of that Utah game, and he's finally gotten healthy. He's been productive for the Texans. Anytime you look at a national championship caliber roster in college for any sort of sport, 
odds are you're going to send a lot of different guys to the pros. And when you trace it back to the recruiting aspect, although a lot of those offensive line guys were, were three stars and not four or five, there were some four stars in there and not a single five, they turned out to be really good players who were capable of making it to the next level. That's why we pay attention to recruiting. That's why it's so fascinating to follow. And that's why we're going to keep following it here on the show. Because ultimately, what do we want from Dan Landing and company? We want to win a national championship, right? That's the ultimate goal. That's the one that Oregon hasn't quite gotten to. And if you want to do that, you have to be able to bring in high-level players. So if you're wondering why you know, we pay so much attention to recruiting or worry about this individual player or that one over there, that is exactly why we do that. Okay, so the next thing I'm going to talk about on on today's show, and by the way, of Joey Mack, who's the radio voice of Oregon men's basketball and baseball, director of the Oregon Sports Network. Uh, he's the director of broadcasting there. He's going to be on tomorrow's pod. So if you haven't liked and subscribed already, make sure that you have done so, so that you can hear our conversation tomorrow and get the uh, the inside track on all things Oregon athletics. So I have to give a shout out to Twitter user and follower and listener of the show, Duck Demon, for the inspiration for this next segment. But he uh, he posed a question, got me thinking, and there are a shocking number of similarities between Dana Altman and Dan Lanning, our football and basketball coach here with the Ducks. And I am not just talking about the first three letters of their names, but... <laughs> I just sorry I had, I had to throw that in there. Also a uh, a fun note. As I'm recording this, I had to go back and uh, and re-record some stuff because my housemate was uh, cooking here late at night and set off the fire alarms, which is, you know, just like a really fun time, but I I spared you from that. Anyway, so speedy podcasting, it's not live. I can go back and re-record. Anyway, similarities between Dan Lanning and Dana Altman. I'm just going to lay this out for you, and if you believe in fate or kind of the weird alignment of the stars in sports sometimes, I think you will really appreciate this next segment. Dana Altman was born in Crete, Nebraska. I don't know where that is either. He went to Southeast Community College and Eastern New Mexico for his playing days. By the way, Dana Altman is now the all-time wins leader at Creighton and Oregon. I'm not sure I've ever seen that for two legitimate college basketball programs like those two are. I mean, Creighton's a perennial tournament caliber team, and Oregon, we know how good they've been under Dana Altman's leadership. Just an incredible accomplishment for that guy. Over 700 career wins. He is uh, he, he is really, really fantastic. But Born in a small town in the Midwest, Dan Lanning, born not in Kansas City, but in North Kansas City, Missouri, right? It's, you know, same general area, but kind of a, a smaller suburb of it. And he went to William Jewell College, which is a Division II school. So they've both got Midwest roots. They both had success at their previous school, though Lanning hasn't been a head coach until now. We saw what he did with Georgia's defense, orchestrating that wonderful season culminating in a national championship. And here's one I bet you didn't know. Neither of these guys was Oregon's number one candidate for the position. That is true. I will elaborate on that 
after I tell you that Bet Online wants to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march through the playoffs and beyond. It remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get started for your 50% welcome bonus. All sorts of sports, favorite Vegas casino games, bunch of great offers in 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. If you are listening to this show right now and you don't have Get Upside, you are missing out on a chance to save money if you buy gasoline, you know, if you're one of those people. My listeners are making an additional 25 cents per gallon more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay, don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Download the Get Upside app from the App Store or Google Play. Use promo code SCORE. And if you use that promo score, you get a bonus 25 cents on your first tank. That's 50 cents a gallon back filling up. People who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month, or excuse me, a year, which is still great, cash back, and there's no catch. It gets added right to your bank account or PayPal, e-gift card, whatever. Just download the free GetUpside app. Use promo code SCORE, 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Okay, so... The uh, <laughs> the odd number of similarities between these two guys. Neither one was the number one hire. This has been well sourced. John Canzano wrote an article about how Justin Wilcox got the Oregon offer on a Friday and he turned it down and then he was actually offered the position again and he decided to stay with the Cal Bears and so we went to our next option, and that was Dan Lanning. I think Oregon fans should feel very excited about that. I don't think that should turn you away and be like, whoa, he wasn't our number one guy. Well, guess what? Neither was Dana Altman. The names being thrown around at the time to replace Ernie Kent, Oregon legend, by the way, the names that were getting tossed around were guys like Tom Izzo, Mark Few, right? A big, splashy hire. Those were names that were legitimately getting thrown around and they all turned him down. And they ended up with Dana Altman, who was one of their top candidates, but was not the top candidate. So that's a pretty startling number of similarities. And I can get fairly superstitious as a sports fan. And I think that is a good omen for Dan Lanning as he embarks on his first head coaching experience here at the University of Oregon. Dana Altman's contract, by the way, currently has him in Eugene through the 2025-26 season. He joined in 2010. Let the guy stay as long as he wants. I mean, seriously, I've raved about him on this show before. I will do so as long as he is our head coach, which I hope is, honestly, until he retires because he is phenomenal. I mean, his down seasons are ones that lots of college basketball programs would see as quote-unquote program-building years. And, you know, we'll build on this to get to where we want to go. He's had two 30-win seasons. Dana Altman has never won fewer than 21 games. That's the lowest number he's ever won. They're currently sitting at 12-7 and seven are the Ducks. I'm going to double-check that, that that is correct, but I believe they're 6-6, six and six, had the, the six-game winning streak, came to an end the other night with Colorado, which was 
you know, not not a game that I thought Oregon would uh, w- would lose, but they did. They got a crack at the Beavs this weekend. Hopefully, they they curb stomp them. And yeah, Oregon twelve and seven this year, never having fewer than twenty one wins is a is an impressive achievement in and of itself. Been to a Final Four. I mean, I really like this guy. And by the way, by the way, one of Dana Altman's sons is named Spencer. So clearly, this guy has just a tremendous feel in many facets of life. He knows what is up. As John Rothstein puts it elegantly, his name is Dana Altman, and he aligns Rubik's Cubes and gives great names to his kids. Okay, anyway, so... I bring this up partially because of a question I answered on the show recently talking about Dan Lanning and, you know, like what programs should we keep an eye on as we did with Miami over the years with Cristobal as our head coach that could potentially try and poach him away. And again, I will remind those of you who are returning listeners, I thank you very much, and those of you who are new listeners, Dan Lanning could only leave in four to five years or three or four years, whatever it would be. He could only do that if this is his first head coaching gig. Oregon would have to win at a very, very high level to get considered for an SEC football job. If he comes to Oregon and goes seven wins, eight wins, nine wins, you know, if he doesn't get to 10 wins in his first three years, no one is poaching him away. And maybe Oregon fans by that time would want him gone. I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just saying. If that were to come to pass, good things would have had to have happened, English is a fun language, for the Ducks and all of us as fans, because you you have to be able to win games. You just do. And so the, the interesting question here is, could Dan Lanning become Dana Altman? What do I mean by that? He's not an Oregon rooted guy. I think that's part of the reason that the athletic administration offered the job to Justin Wilcox because Wilcox grew up near Eugene, going to Duck games. He played football at Oregon. He is from the state of Oregon. And so that's part of the reason that I think he appealed to them as their head coach. I think we're getting a higher ceiling of a head coach in Dan Lanning because he has won as a defensive coordinator at the highest level in college football. But the other thing is, Sure, it is definitely possible he could leave in the next three to five years if Oregon wins at a high level. But guess what? Dana Altman's background would indicate that he would have already left for another job over the past several years. And and yes, I can almost guarantee you that schools like Texas or Texas Tech or Missouri, you know, or all all sorts of schools have had openings over the years. I guarantee you. They have thought about and have probably reached out about trying to get Dana Altman away, but he just apparently loves it, which is great for us because he's an awesome college basketball coach year in and year out. And there's no reason, you know, if we as fans support Dan Lanning in the way that that he deserves and, and we show continued support and passion for the program and it continues to win at a high level, There's no reason that Dan Lanning can't become Dana Altman, a guy with Midwest roots who had a lot of success at a previous school, but grows 
to love the University of Oregon, and I think it's actually more likely than it was with Dana Altman because Dana had had a number of other head coaching stops, and this is Dan Lanning's first. And you know what they say about your first love. It's different than all the other ones. It just is. This is his first crack at coaching in college football. I think he's got a great opportunity to succeed. And I think there's a real possibility that Oregon, for the second time, takes a guy with Midwest or Southern backgrounds or a little bit of both and gets him up to Eugene to keep him around and win at a high level year in and year out. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day and go Ducks.